This is 28, verses 10 to 22. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head, or around his head, and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil over it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at first. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for the opportunity to look at your word and to be challenged and encouraged by it in our lives. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to uh, be directing our hearts this morning, encouraging us to hold fast to you, to trust you, Lord, to trust that your promises will be fulfilled, to trust you with every circumstance of our life, to trust you with everything that you've given us. Lord, encourage us from your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've been going through the Old Testament. Uh, Many of you know that. We're slowly working our way through, and um, we've come to the story of Jacob. Um, And I'm I'm going as as fast as I can, but as slow as I can at the same time. It's really been a challenge throughout this series to kind of hit the right speed for my comfort level as we work through, uh, through Genesis. Uh, So today, though, we come to Jacob, and last week we saw how Jacob was chosen over Esau to receive God's blessing, and now we see uh, some of the story of Jacob uh, coming forth. After uh, Jacob and Esau, the the issues of last week, Esau really wanted to come after Jacob, and and Jacob flees. And we see in verse, uh, just before the section that we read, that Isaac comes to Jacob and says, uh, calls Jacob and blesses him and directs him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise and go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. So one of your cousins. Uh, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a community of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. And so uh, 
Isaac calls Jacob to leave Israel and go to Paddan Aram. And we sort of discussed this at length um, while we were at Bible study on Thursday, but that's like not across the street, <laughs> okay, um, to set up the background. It's probably, you know, if you walked continuously, I think we determined it was going to be an eight-day continuous walk from Israel, from Beth- Beersheba uh, to Paddan Aram, and obviously you can't walk continuously for eight days, um, so you need some stops. Probably going to take like a month or more to get there. Um, and, and so Isaac is calling Jacob. I just want to like describe the gravity of what Isaac is calling Jacob to do. Isaac, or Jacob, we think, is probably in his 50s or 60s, and uh, Isaac is telling Jacob that now you need to leave this place, leave this place that you've grown up, like the majority, what ends up being uh, close to half of your life, um, and, and I, I need you to go and find a wife from, uh, from your, your grandfather's family heritage. And uh, <clears throat> he's 60. And he, and he doesn't have a wife yet. He hasn't been married yet. And he's called to go leave his land that he's been living in forever. I mean, the, what Isaac is telling him to do is pretty shocking, really. I mean, can, imagine living somewhere with your family and journeying with them for 60 years, and then your dad coming and saying, hey, actually, it's time for you to find a wife. Why don't you leave and, and walk an, a, you know, a month's journey uh, to, to your cousin's land and find a wife there? This is not an easy thing. You know, we, we often read through the passages, and it feels like, oh, this just happened the next day, and, uh, and, and God showed up, and that's what happened. But this span of what we're going to look at today is actually like 20-plus years. And it starts when Jacob is a 60-year-old man, 50- to 60-year-old man. And, and so just imagine the challenge of that, of what, what Jacob is facing when Isaac calls him and says, hey, you need to go ahead and leave and go, uh, go find a wife among uh, Abraham's family. <clears throat> what we see from that passage at the very beginning of 28 is that he goes. In verse 10, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He's obedient. <clears throat> What we're going to talk about throughout today is how God encounters us, how and when He encounters us. We've sung a lot and talked a lot this morning already about how, how we believe the Holy Spirit is here, is present with us. And, and as believers, those who have placed their trust in Jesus, we believe that the Holy Spirit now resides inside of us, that God has very much taken presence inside of us of us. And, um, but God continues to encounter us throughout our lives and challenge us. And I'm sure that each of you who have uh, a faith journey with Jesus can look back on your life and see moments where God has shown up for you, has shown up in your life. And if you haven't, I pray that you seek it out. <clears throat> God desires to encounter us, and He does encounter us. So we're going to look at how He encounters Jacob. <clears throat> Jacob is called by Isaac to go find a wife at the age of 60, a month's walk away. And he does it. How does God encounter Jacob? <clears throat> First of all, 
he encounters them in an unexpected fashion. Uh, Jacob is not looking for some ecstatic experience in any way, shape, or form. He is literally just listening to his father Isaac and going where his father Isaac has told him to go to find a wife as Isaac has told him to go and find. Verse 11. And he came to a certain place, and he stayed there that night because the sun had set. The, the place that we're talking about, Jacob shows up at and lays down. And he doesn't stop there because he thinks, oh, this is a holy place and I will surely encounter God here and I'm looking for some sort of vision from God to direct my path. No, he just stops there because he needs a place to sleep because the sun had set and it's time to stop. <clears throat> it was unexpected when God showed up. He wasn't seeking it out particularly But one thing was true. He was on the road to obedience. He was following what his father had told him to do. He was walking in obedience. He wasn't looking for God to show up in some particular manner. He was simply obeying what God had told him to obey. God often meets us in an unexpected fashion, but he also meets us on the road to obedience. Jacob is following the command that is given to him by his father when God shows up. The other thing that's true of our encounters with God is this, that God gives us a revelation of what is truly happening. God gives us a revelation of what is truly happening right where we are. Just remember the circumstances of Jacob again. 60, called to leave, walk with his people to go find a wife, months journey away. Okay? Not an easy task. Probably one that feels uh, uh, like slightly daunting to go out on, right? I know I don't want to do that. Anybody ready to go take a month-long walk across the desert to find someone that you don't know where they live? Yeah, okay, Jose's ready. Jose's ready for that. He's like, yeah, I'd, I'd actually, yeah, it'd be good. <clears throat> he has no idea how this is going to happen. He's simply walking in obedience, and this is what occurs as he finds a place to sleep because the sun has gone down He comes to that place, and he has a dream. And in the dream, a ladder is upon the earth, and it reaches to heaven, and angels of God are going up and down the ladder or staircase, potentially. And the Lord stood above it and said to him, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I give to you and to your offspring." Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread out over the west, east, north, and south. In you and your offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. 
Jacob wasn't asking for this experience, but could you imagine just like you're on a journey and you stop at some hotel or whatever, right? And you pull over and you lay down. You're just exhausted because you've been driving for hours upon hours upon hours. You stop, lay down. You're just, you're just exhausted. You find a place to sleep. And God shows up and, and gives you this vision of angels up and down. What an encouragement to Jacob at this moment when he has no idea what is ahead of him, that he is on the road to obedience, and that God is with him. He wasn't looking for it. He was simply walking in obedience, what he knew he was supposed to do. And God shows up and gives him this encouragement. I'm with you, and I'll be with you, and I'll fulfill what I've promised to you. So Jacob wakes up from his dream, takes the rock that was around his head or uh, below his head or wherever it was. There was some rock involved, according to language, and we had a big debate on Thursday about where it was, um, and, and he sets it up as a pillar, as a monument to say, God was here, okay? Very cool, we talked about also that, very cool that God is speaking to him literally through dreams, like, God is speaking to him in his dreams. We know this happens today across the world. God's speaking to people through dreams. Dreams aren't just random, okay? Uh, sometimes God uses them purposely, and he does so often in the Bible. And so here he uses a dream to encourage and strengthen Jacob on this massive journey that he's going on. A, a journey of uncertainty and of, of uh, great length, and, uh, and God shows up and says, I'm with you. And yeah, I'm going to give you these promises that I gave to Abraham. I'm going to give them to you. Your children will be dust of the earth. And again, like think of how hard that might be to believe for Jacob at that moment. I'm old. I might not live through this journey. And you're saying that, okay, nations. Part of the reason that he can believe this is because of the heritage of faith that he has seen. Abraham, Isaac, they have their ups and downs for certain, but God was speaking to them and moving through them and working in them, and Jacob has seen this. It does not take away from how much trust he has to have in the Lord to go on this journey. And so he wakes up and calls this place Bethel. This is where God is. And our understanding of this should be that, uh, that he's saying the land that God gave to Abraham, like the, the, all of it, not just Bethel. All of the land that God gave to Abraham is where God's presence has been called to be. That, that's our understanding of it. Bethel particularly is where he is met, but it's his home, the land that God has given to Israel. So Jacob makes this vow in response to this uh, amazing encounter with the Lord. We see him make this vow. He says, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come to my father's house in peace, 
then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I would give a full tenth to you. So if we're, you know, applying our new covenant, New Testament understanding of life back upon Jacob, we can be a little bit judgmental and say, well, I mean, why is he giving God conditions of fulfillment on this, uh, on this relationship? But if we put ourselves into Jacob's um, 60-year-old body uh, and uh, the journey that is ahead of him and, and listen to his concerns here, we realize we probably don't have a lot of room to judge his, his vow that he's putting before the Lord. God will be with me and keep me in the way that I go. So if he'll protect me on this crazy long journey that he's called me to go on, and if he'll give me bread to eat and, and clothing to wear, as in I am concerned right now about how I am going to eat and be clothed on this journey. That's kind of what he's saying in this. Then the Lord shall be my God, and this house shall be God's house, and I'll give him a full tenth. God has promised to fulfill that. And I would challenge us that Jacob is learning about God's faithfulness. And it takes a long time to learn about faithfulness. It takes life experience. It takes us continually trusting God through some very hard and difficult times to see and be able to testify that, yes, God is faithful. And you know what? God is a God who graciously allows us to go through that and struggle through that. And even, even for Jacob to be so bold as to make that vow upon a God who just showed up in his dream and put angels going up and down ladders. You know, like we think, man, how could you not believe that God's going to do this? And I would just check our hearts and say, well, I mean, what's he about to do? Go on a month-long journey to who knows where. God is gracious to see us be molded and shaped over a very long course of time that we may know fully and deeply that he is faithful. See, I love preaching from the New Testament because, uh, <laughs> because the principles are just laid out, and it just is. Here it is, right? So this verse from 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I could just get up here and say, hey, God is faithful. And it'd be true. But what I love and what I am loving about going through the Old Testament is to step back and see somebody's long, hard, difficult faith journey develop over the course of time and testify to the fact that God is faithful. So yeah, is Jacob a little shaky about what's going on? Yeah, and that's okay. God, if you bring me through this, you shall be my God. And this shall be your house, and I'll give you a full tenth. He didn't need to make that vow because God had already promised it and was going to make it happen. But it is a, a moment of worship from Jacob to say all that he can, to say, the Lord will be my God. 
He says three things there in his vow. The Lord is my God. I give him all this land, and I'll give him 10% of the increase of this land. So we could analyze that to some degree a little bit, but basically what he is saying is that I give you everything. I give you my whole. I give you all the land that you give me, I give back to you. All the increase of possession that you give me, I give you tribute as a, as a servant would give to a king. I give you tribute, you are my God. He said, if you bring me through this crazy journey that I'm about to go on, I'll give you my whole life. And the testimony of Jacob is that God does bring him through. 20 years later and through some crazy marriage situations with uh, Rachel and Leah and their servants and all this, uh, this mess that we're not going to fully unpack today, 20 years later, we see God show up again. In chapter 35, God says this to Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. He's calling Jacob. This is 20 plus years later. He's saying, remember the vow you made to me at Bethel? Remember how faithful I have been to you? I have fulfilled my promise. Will you fulfill yours? He takes his whole family and he goes And he says this of God. In verse 3, he says, Let us arise and go to Bethel so that I may make an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. Twenty years later, we see that Jacob has full faith in the God who made these promises to him. In verse 9, chapter 35, verse 9, God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padam Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. No longer shall you be called Jacob, but Israel be your name. So he called his name Israel, and he said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. Does this sound familiar? A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac I'll give to you, and I'll give the land to your offspring after you. Jacob named the place where God had spoken to him, Bethel. God is a God who is chasing after our hearts, and he does it continuously, daily, over the course of long spans of time. And he encounters us when it's unexpected. He encounters us on the road to obedience. He encounters us and tells us exactly what is true of our circumstance rather than what we're seeing in our circumstance. In Jacob's eyes, he's seeing long journey, no idea what's going to happen. Will I find a wife? Will I come back alive? God says, I am with you. The angels are descending up and down upon you. I am here with you and will be with you. 
He is a God who answers us in our day of distress. Jacob learns this over a long course of time. And so my challenge to us is to know this, to take this to heart. Not everything changes overnight in our lives. Okay, each of us, I'm certain in this room, there are many of us that are walking through circumstances that aren't just going to change overnight. And I think the testimony of Jacob is that that's okay. That God's faithfulness is demonstrated over time. God wants to reveal to us something about himself in, the, in that. He wants to show us that he is faithful. He wants us to be able to say just as boldly as 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful. The reason these New Testament writers can say something so uh, firm and quick like that is because of their heritage. Because they know the story of Jacob, because they know the story of Isaac, because they know the story of Abraham, they testify God is faithful because they know God is faithful. So a couple of things. If you're in a day of distress... God is a God who answers you. God is a God who answers you in your day of distress. Jacob had no idea what was ahead of him. And God showed up continuously to him. Know also this. When God shows up to those who are in distress... He reveals to us the reality of our circumstances. He reveals to us the reality of our circumstances. What Jacob was experiencing was fear, uncertainty, maybe even confusion about why he was now to leave the land and come back. But the reality of his circumstance, that was what he was seeing with his eyes, with his flesh. And, and you might be seeing things like um, broken relationships, financial uncertainty, questions about my job, questions about my kids. Okay, these are things that you might be seeing. But God is saying, I'm here. And I'm with you. You might be seeing all this in the flesh. He's saying, I'm right here, and I am faithful, and I am good, and I am with you, and I will be with you. God reveals the reality of our circumstances that he is walking with us through it. He is so with us that he sent Jesus. 
This is exactly why he sent Jesus. It's a fulfillment of the promise he gave to Jacob that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through your offspring, Jesus being the offspring, and, and that he would show us that he is with us. He knows the depth and difficulty and brokenness of our circumstance, and he has taken it on and borne it on his flesh, tempted as we are tempted, yet without sin, he takes it upon himself. He knows your circumstance, and the reality is that he has overcome it at the cross. And just as Jacob dedicated his life to the Lord, to follow him, to give him all that he is, he calls us to the same. In response to this great, loving, sacrificial God, Paul says this, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God is with you. Will you trust him? Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for the testimony of Scripture that you are faithful. That through the craziest of circumstances, through the hardest of callings, through lack and through blessing, You're with us, and you're faithful. God, we pray that in the day-to-day, as we journey through circumstances just as Jacob journeyed through the desert, that we cling to the promises of God that you are with us, God, we pray that you would show up. We pray you would show up in unexpected ways, not according to our vows, not according to our formulas and thinking, God, show up in our day-to-day, in unexpected places. And help us, too, to seek you, to be obedient, to follow what you've called us to follow, to not be patterned according to the world, but rather renewed by your word. So that we will have eyes to see when you do show up.
thank you for your faithfulness to us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.